The final question that I ask all potential leaders is, how do you handle criticism? Listen, my friend, when you become a leader, you'll be criticized. You will definitely be criticized when things go wrong, but oddly enough, you'll also be criticized when things go right. Welcome to Life and Leadership with Kim Williams. I'm the CEO of Interfaith Family Services, a nonprofit that provides housing, health, and hope for families facing homelessness. I'm also the principal of Kim Williams Consulting, a change management firm that empowers nonprofits to change for the better. And I'm the author of Diary of an Insecure CEO, How I Went from Feeling Rejected to Raising Millions. I've led through a variety of organizational issues while raising over $50 million to fight poverty and learning a lot in the process. I created this podcast to share those lessons and help you to successfully navigate life and leadership. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to again be back in 2024 with the Life and Leadership with Kim Williams podcast. And I'm going to tell you, I am also excited about today's topic. You know, I meet a lot of aspiring leaders, young people that want to lead on this level, that want to lead in the C-suite. And they're always asking, you know, how can they get there? And so today's episode is really dedicated to those leaders to talk about what the cost of leadership really is and what you need to know before you pursue being a leader in the C-suite or a CEO. But this episode is also a good reminder here at the start of the year to those that are already there of what we have signed up for when we say, yes, I want to lead on this level. And the reason that we need a reminder is so that we can adequately prepare ourselves for the challenges in this year ahead. I think it's really, really important that we have a realistic view of the cost of leadership so that we are prepared to pay it and to produce in a way that will ensure our organization's success. So I hope today's episode provides clarity on what it takes to be a leader and inspires those that are called to it to step up and to courageously lead in 2024. So let's get into it. So the truth of the matter is everyone wants to lead until they have to lead. Leadership is not for the faint of heart. There's always a critic and a counterpoint for every choice that you make as a leader. There's an opposing opinion for every decision. There are risks associated with every strategy and new stressors that come with every success. Sure, there are perks and there are privileges and good pay that often comes with promotion, But every leader who's ever sat in the C-suite will tell you that the benefits of leadership will not always outweigh its burdens. In good times, those benefits will balance it out. However, the motivating and sustaining fuel of leadership is purpose, vision, and a relentless commitment to seeing it through to the end, not the benefits. Now, when you say these things to an aspiring leader, the first thing they tend to think is that you're hating on them and you don't want to see them succeed. And that could be the case for some people. 
But most leaders will tell you about the challenges of leadership because they're trying to keep you from making some of the same mistakes that we've made. The mistake of assuming that it won't be that hard. Well, the, the, the fact of the matter is it will be hard. It'll be much harder than you imagine. Before I was named CEO of Interfaith Family Services, I was the director of community programs for Girl Scouts of Northeast Texas. As a director, I had the opportunity to serve on the leadership team and work with the members of the C-suite for Girl Scouts, including the COO and CEO. From time to time, myself and other leaders would sit around and discuss what we thought the C-suite should be doing differently. It all seemed so simple from my seat as a director. Then I became a CEO at a nonprofit that was one third the size of our council at Girl Scouts. And let me tell you, it didn't take long for me to realize that executive leadership was much more challenging than I suspected. Six months into my tenure as CEO of Interfaith, I sent my former CEO and COO flowers with a simple note that read, my apologies, I didn't know it was this hard. With that being said, this podcast is not meant to discourage you. Again, it's meant to prepare you. So if you or someone you know is thinking about moving into the C-suite, I want you to share this podcast and listen to a few questions that I want you to consider as you decide whether or not a life of leadership is for you. And if you've already said yes to the C-suite, I want you to ask yourself these questions in preparation for what I hope will be your best year yet. So you think you're ready for the C-suite. Well, I have five questions that I want you to consider. As I ask you these five questions, I want you to take some time to really think thoughtfully about the answers. Um, If you're in the position to journal, I would suggest that you write these questions down. If not, you can go to my website, click the resource tab where I will list these five questions for you and you can come back and journal later. But let's get let's get into it. So question number one, if you think you're ready for the C-suite, have you maximized the role you're currently in? Simply stated, what have you accomplished? A critical component of leadership is confidence. I'm not talking about the I believe in myself, I'm the greatest kind of confidence, although that helps as well. I'm talking about the confidence that comes from your ability to get things done. I'm talking about the kind of confidence that comes from experience. There will be critical moments as a leader when you'll need to revisit a battle from the past and pull from those lessons and experiences to develop a strategy for how to move forward. You'll need to know that when push comes to shove, you have what it takes to get things done. And that only comes from having made significant accomplishments in your current role. So question number one, have you maximized the role that you're in? Have you done things in the, in that role that that's more than what other people anticipated? Have you saved money, raised money, significantly improved outcomes? What have you done that you can look back on that was difficult, but undeniably good that you can pull from in the future? Because let me tell you, real confidence comes from completion. 
And so before you go to your next role, you need to know, hey, I can handle this because I've handled that. It's kind of like in the Bible where before David fought Goliath, he had also fought a lion and a bear when no one was looking in order to prepare him to defeat Goliath when everyone was looking. So my question for you would be, what is your lion and what is your bear that prepares you to fight your Goliath? Because Goliath is coming in the next opportunity. You want to be confident that you can successfully defeat him. Question number two is this. What do you want to accomplish on the next level? Leadership is only a title without vision. The primary question of leadership is, where are we trying to go? What are we trying to accomplish? What outcome will make all the extraordinary obstacles and daily challenges worth it? Does the destination that you have in mind, your team will ask, warrant the discipline you want us to exercise? These are key questions. Because we're living in a generation in which everyone has an opinion and everyone wants to be a boss. Getting people to follow in this generation is harder than it's ever been. But we will find that people are willing to follow a leader who promises the fulfillment of a vision that they think is worth the fight. Even in cases when that leader is clearly not a good person or capable of really providing what they promise, people will still attempt to follow a leader that's promising a vision that they think is worth it. And think about it. If that wasn't true, con artists would never be successful, right? Vision is extremely important. And the ability to communicate that vision in a compelling way is even more important. If you don't know where you want to take the people, you aren't really ready to lead them. So question number two was, what do you want to accomplish? Where do you want to go when you get to this next level? Question number three, are you organized and structured? Or in other words, do you have a plan? Now, once you have a vision, you've got to have a plan. You've got to know what key steps and objectives must be achieved in order to make that vision a reality. And you have to have a plan to systematically get your team from one step to the next. You also need metrics and tools to monitor your progress, and this will allow you to make course corrections before things get too far off track. Organization is the key. One of the things that I did when I first became the CEO of Interfaith was to make sure that we had a plan for processing our financials on a monthly basis. So I would always know where we were in relationship to our budget and our actual financial performance. I knew that this knowledge will be critical to my ability to stir the ship in the right direction. Then I set up a system for monitoring monthly client outcomes in much of the same way. This allowed us to make course corrections as needed, or even in the worst case scenario, we were able to inform key stakeholders significantly ahead of time on the rare occasion that what we promised would not be likely. Without organization and structure, success, particularly sustainable success, is highly unlikely. So that was question number two, uh, three. Are you organized and structured? Question number four is a bit of a doozy. It is, are you willing to take responsibility for the action or inaction of others? Listen, if you're unable to take responsibility for your actions and be accountable for the mistakes and failures of the people you're leading, you aren't really ready for leadership, or at least not integral 
or ethical leadership. There's a saying among leaders, we win, you lose. It simply means that when there's a win, you're expected to share the credit. And you know what? That's reasonable because it takes a group to do anything well. The team will always say, we did it. We won. We built it. We raised the funds, all of which is great. But when there's a loss, the narrative changes to you lose. You leader gave us a bad strategy. People will say things like, it all comes down to leadership or the leader has the ultimate responsibility. So we always say in leadership, the mantra is always, we win, you lose. This is a common refrain of leadership. So if you're not ready for that dynamic, and if you're prone to casting blame when things go wrong or taking credit for other people's work when things go right, you're not ready for leadership, or at least not good leadership, at least not ethical leadership, you're not ready for the right kind of leadership. So are you willing to take responsibility for your actions or the inactions of you and others? All right. The final question, question number five, is closely related to the the question that I just asked you. The final question is something that I ask all potential leaders. How do you handle criticism? Listen, my friend, when you become a leader, you'll be criticized. You will definitely be criticized when things go wrong. But oddly enough, you'll also be criticized when things go right. People will always be able to tell you how you could have done it better. More often than you think, you'll be attempting to celebrate a success when someone will tell you that if you would have done this or that, you would have been able to make a great outcome even greater. There's always a staff member or board member who believes their greatest contribution to the organization and to you is playing devil's advocate. It simply comes with the territory. That's why in preparation for leadership, You need to do these three things. You need to build your self-esteem. You need to strengthen your support system and have a plan for regular self-care. In the area of self-esteem, it's critical that you know who you are and what you bring to the table. You can't do it all and you shouldn't even try. It's important that you know the areas in which you are the greatest asset and the areas that you need to rely on the talent and expertise of others to make the right decisions and get the job done. Having a healthy respect for both your strengths and your weaknesses is very important in leadership. It's also important that you have a strong support system where you can be honest, you can be vulnerable, And you can be respected despite your mistakes. And I recommend having this support system outside of the office. Having people that will tell you truths that you don't want to hear, but need to hear, while also being a soft place for your worst days is critical. And everyone needs that kind of support system. It may only be one, two, or three people in your life that fit that criteria, but you need to know who they are And you need to nurture those relationships and protect those relationships. And finally, a part of handling criticism, the third thing I recommend, you need to know what relaxes and what refreshes you and make plans to do those things regularly to keep your emotional and mental take full. So those are the five questions. Let's summarize them again. Have you maximized the role that you're currently in? What 
do you want to accomplish on the next level if you were to get there? Are you organized and structured and do you have a plan? Are you willing to take responsibility for the action or inaction of yourself and others? And how do you handle criticism? Listen, leadership is not easy. Good leadership is hard and it'll cost you more than you ever imagined paying. Like I said before, there are perks and there are privileges. And if you're lucky, decent pay. But there's also a lot of pressure, pain and performance expectations that come with leadership as well. For me, leadership is a calling and therefore there's a grace that comes with it. I wouldn't do it if I didn't believe God called me to it and that he would keep me in it. There's just no way I would want it otherwise. So before you say yes to leadership, make sure that leadership is saying yes to you. Make sure that it's a door that's right for you and it's something that God wants you to do because you're going to need him to do it. So let me end with this word of support for leaders and aspiring leaders. I get it. Leadership is hard. As I said before, it's not for the faint of heart, but it is for the faithful. It's for those who have the faith and vision to see what others can't see. It's for those who have the faith to do what others can't do or don't want to do. Leadership, real leadership, is courageous. And and it also is something that I believe should feel like a calling. Real leadership is desperately needed in today's world. I didn't share all of these things earlier to scare you off or discourage you, but rather to prepare you and cause you to make the much needed paradigm shift from hoping for and expecting ease. Been there, done that not helpful. Instead, I want you to calculate the cost and prepare yourself to pay. I want you to make your calling and election sure and to strategically carry out the responsibility of leadership in a way that will ensure your success and the success of those who lead. There's so much in this world that needs changing and you are the person for the job. But before you say yes, Pray for vision, prepare for the struggle that will inevitably come, and then proceed with prayerful caution. It's going to be a bumpy ride, but there is a big blessing in store for those who can endure to the end. Let's pray. Father, I come in the name of Jesus, praying for all leaders and aspiring leaders who want to do something great in this year ahead who have a vision for improvements in their community, in their companies, um, in the world, that want to do the difficult things, that want to do the right things, that want to do things the right way in a world that doesn't always reward those types of efforts. But Father God, you are a rewarder. You are a keeper. You are a sustainer. You are a provider. You make a way out of no way. So Help this new generation of leaders step up in a way that is courageous and faithful so that they can see evidence of it that you will do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can either even ask or think. I'm a witness to your capability to exceed our expectations 
when we follow after you, not perfectly, but persistently. So help us to do that in this next generation. Help us to be faithful, be brave, be bold, be courageous, so that the world will be blessed because of our leadership and because of your grace and your faithfulness. So we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's tips can be found on my website, kimwconsulting.com. Just click the resource tab in the menu. You can also find information about my consulting services and upcoming events and subscribe to my monthly life and leadership newsletter. If you have any questions that you want me to answer on my podcast, message me on Instagram at leadwithkim. If you found this podcast helpful, please share, rate, and subscribe. Thank you for listening. And remember, change is inevitable, but changing for the better isn't. Change wisely. Thank you.